0: They're scrambled, usually get a good look at it. Shots blocked by Shea gilgis Alexander. Rookie against rookie. Patrick (laughs) Beverly joins us on Sports Center. He plays on the best team in LA. Great five seconds. Slippers bring it in. Five seconds to go. Tie game. Seatbelts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. There you go. Oh my
1: goodness. Welcome back to another Clippers Pulse podcast. I told you I'd be joined by my boy Cody. He's my draft expert and college basketball knowledge base. How you doing today Cody? I am doing well Adam, happy to be on the pod. Yeah man, it's always good to have you on, always good. So before we get into it, I put a mailbag out last week asking for topics to cover. And one of the questions was to cover potential draft picks with the second round pick available to the Clippers. I know you sent me a list of guys, i'm not gonna lie i don't really know too much about any of these people so what i was thinking of doing is i'll read out one of the names his position and where you've told me he plays and then you kind of give me a breakdown and why he'd be a good fit does that suit you that's fine by me all right then man let's jump into it so the first guy you sent me was john porter who's a center out of missouri is it yes what's what do you know about this guy
0: so, Jonte Porter is actually Michael Porter Jr.'s brother, and they went to Mizzou together, both of them, um, and when Michael Porter Jr. was out all of uh, two years ago when he had his back issue and didn't play much at Missouri, Jonte actually really came out to be a star. Uh, the one thing about him was he has some lower leg issues. He his ACL, I believe, twice over the past two years, once or twice over the last two years, and that's why he slipped. Uh, we've talked about him. Uh, a couple times on the Celtics Pulse podcast about potentially being there at uh, the late 20s or mid 20s where we uh, the Celtics are picking, but he could slip into the second round, and especially a team that uh, really showed out what the Clippers did. You know they have some really nice pieces over there. That guy could be someone that could stretch the floor for them as a a uh, stretch five, stretch four, as he has some pretty good shooting abilities, and uh, you know he won't bang down low like a lot of Big man, normally he's not going to be a zoo box type guy to just sit down in the paint. He's going to move around. And uh, it all depends on how his legs feel. So he could be a good second round pick if he slips that far down because he has first round potential.
1: How did he do during the college season this year? Like, was his injury an issue throughout this collegiate season?
0: Yeah, so he was out all of the season, basically. Um, I actually believe all of the season. So that's why it was a little interesting that he declared he had such a really good freshman year that. This season sort of was just more of a, you know, his injury and then rehabbing it before he came back. So that's the one gripe and the one reason why he might slip down to the second round is because he had that whole year off. And especially big men in today's game with uh, knee injuries like the ACL, which he tore, uh, it could be a little bit of a red flag. Hence why he might be available in the second round. Do you but see like him
1: I, going undrafted?
0: I don't think I see him going undrafted. I think he's too good. Um, I still there's still some first round grades on him. Like I've seen mock drafts where he goes in like the the late 20s, mid 20s, even to the Celtics. So he still has a good amount of buzz. But at 45 or what 54, I believe the Coopers have a pick somewhere around there. Um, he if he's there, I think you pull trigger on him because I feel like it's. He's different than the other big men you have on the team. You, know, you have Harrell and you have Zubats who are more close to the basket and will do that. But he can stretch it out a little bit, which can make life easier um, for your Lou Williams to create space and move around in the that middle area and not have to get bogged down if you run these big lineups.
1: Okay, and before we move on, just a question I've got. With yep. that ACL injury, it usually really affects players whose games predicated on athleticism. Yeah, is this guy not so much predicated that way? Is he more of a skillful player that does like <laughs> to stretch the floor? He's not trying
0: yeah, he to. Was, yeah, he was more of the skillful. Uh, you know, his brother obviously had all the hype. He was like number two, one or two or three high uh, uh, prospect uh, coming into college two years ago. Michael Porter Jr. and he was, you know, he had the bounce and he had the that forward game we see from you know players like Kevin Durant, things like that. Um, but Dante was more of like that big boy. He was kind of slow, but he got the job done. You know, I'm um, trying to think of a player that he might kind of like, um, kind of like Al Horford. Like Al Horford is the most athletic, but every every pass and meet, every step means something, and he never he doesn't really. Um, He doesn't have any wasted movement. So he's not super athletic. And that's his big thing, especially with, that's why the knee injury hasn't really taken him out of the first round in some people's opinions. But obviously the injury is still there and that's going to Harper any athleticism that he did have.
1: Yeah, obviously having the year to rehab, it helps. And that was my biggest question. Is he an athletic sort of player or does he use his skill set more? So... Moving on, I mean he sounds like he'd be great to have on the on the roster, especially yeah. if you can stretch the floor because you can always use shooting and a big man that can shoot is always valuable in the modern NBA. Yeah,
0: and he does have some moves to the basket, so it's not like he's a liability close. He does have a couple moves. I wouldn't say they're pristine moves, but he can put his back to the basket and score. What's um, he like
1: on defense?
0: Uh Defense, you know, since I he didn't really play that much at all this year. Actually, I didn't really get a chance to see a lot of his defense. So, and I haven't got a chance to really watch some of his tape. From what I remember from last year, uh, he could block a shot or two. He wasn't great defensively because you know the at the, because of the athleticism. And I think he's only six ten, so it's not like he's seven two. Um, so defensively he could be a little bit at work, but with the offensive potential and what you're getting him for the talent he has i think a second round pick would be an easy choice if he's still on the board
1: okay okay so the next call you sent me is terence Mann. he's a wing from fsu mm-hmm. what do we know about mr Mann?
0: so Mann is a lanky switchy defender he kind of reminds me of oh i just had his uh, not really Jalen Brown he's a little longer than Jalen Brown. Kind of gives me Jonathan a shorter Jonathan Isaac type view and I really do like Jonathan Isaac from Orlando um, but Ace. Big skinny kid that could really help on the perimeter and play a little bit of post defense. He played for Ford State in the last few years and he had a really good tournament run in the ACC. Uh, I believe they lost the champion or the semifinal round to Duke which was a pretty good game. Um, But he was a big part of that FSU team that shook a lot of heads and really turned a lot of heads in NCAA this year, as Florida State never really had that great of a basketball program the last few years, but this year they were really, really good, especially defensively. He was one of the anchors like that. He's, like I said, tall, skinny, offensively, he can shoot a little bit, but he's very raw offensively, and that's not even his role in college, let alone what his role will be in the NBA. But he is a hustle guy. He has really long arms. He's six seven six eight. 6'8". Uh, he plays the, the perimeter. And I feel like, especially with Patrick Beverly being a free agent soon, and you know, the Clippers can't retain him. Getting a cheaper guy in the second round to give you some of that defense, which I believe has the potential to be elite someday with just how good he is. Like, you know, best case scenario, uh, he could be a pretty good de- defender on the wing.
1: Okay, so we're looking at like a solid three and D guy, which isn't yeah. bad for the second round draft pick, especially when you're going right towards the tail end of the draft.
0: Oh, not at all. I think that's a pretty good player, you know, in the league. If you look at Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson is just a glorified three and D guy. He's just one of the best we've ever seen. And you know, I say it all the time: role players in this draft are going to be to the start, potential in this draft. You have the big three of Zion, RJ, and Ja, which everyone wants. And those are going to be the studs. And there's not a lot of depth in this draft in terms of star power. But there's, Excuse me. There's a good amount of role players that could last a good amount of years in the NBA because of their skills they have. And Terrence man, I think is one of them. I think especially in the second round, he goes to the right team, the right organization that knows how to use him right. And obviously, Jerry West, you've seen you know he basically helped build golden state and he's been a, one of the best gms and front office men in the nbas ever seen and he if he can get a hold on some of these guys in the later in the second round i they could, they could turn to be some pretty good players
1: and do you see him uh do you see man going undrafted or do you see him being definitely picked up during this draft
0: there's a potential for him to be undrafted i looked at a few I looked at a few of the mock draft, a couple mock drafts to see exactly, like, who they have going different places, and that's where I sort of got my list of who they had going undrafted and who they had going in the late second round. So these are all late second round or undrafted names, at least in two or three of the couple mock drafts that I did look at. So half of them had him going, like, really late in, like, the last pick or two, and some The other ones that had him going undrafted, because he is older. I think he's 22, 23. So he doesn't have that ceiling that everyone wants. And like I said, offensively, he's pretty limited. But defensively, I think he has some skills and the frames there and the athleticism's there. He's not super athletic, but he's not a joke either.
1: No, um, the potential to go undrafted isn't actually a bad thing from my perspective at the moment. No. Simply with the, the position that the Clippers are in, if they were to go and land a few stars and start filling out that roster you're going to need low low budget guys you know and bringing a guy in with the potential to be an all-defense later in his career that slipped to an undrafted position isn't the worst thing in the world
0: yeah i think like i said i think he has the potential to be that role player if you groom him up a couple of years or you know put him in the right coaching system which la has some Great coaching system, as we've seen this year. They've shocked a lot of people how good they were. I didn't have them making the playoffs at the beginning of the year, but they really stepped up, especially when they traded Harris and they were still relevant. Uh, They've shown exactly what that organization is made of, and it's a team you want to play for.
1: I'm really excited. Um, Okay, so the third guy is another wing playing out of, is it Louisiana? Brian Bowen.
0: So Brian Bowen, Brian Bowen's a uh, very interesting case, because Brian Bowen was a headliner in that pay-for-play scandal that uh, they got DeAndre in for a few a uh, couple years ago. So he was supposed to go to Louisville. He ended up not going to college because of the scandal. He ended up finding himself in uh, Australia. Now, this guy, I don't love. But I feel like if he's one of those guys who had talent out of high school and one of the I think he was a four-star recruit around there in before he came to school, where he just got put in a pretty shitty situation, to be fair, and didn't really have that chance to you know have an actual college career. So he's going to slip down. There's plenty of reports having him undrafted. This is an undrafted guy. If you want to take a flyer. Uh, over the scouting compound, he didn't look great. I watched a little bit of him. He did not look great, and he was never really one of my favorites. But this is a guy you could throw a flyer at. You could have a, he could be a spring or a camp invite. You could put him against your boys and see what he has left and see what he has to bring. Um, but this is more of a flyer guy.
1: Okay, so not too much upside, but somebody that could just come in, maybe do a job, but it's definitely worth taking a look at him during the summer.
0: Yeah, it, it, because of the pedigree and the talent he had coming out of high school. And him not really being able to play college, not because of how he played, but, you know, because of the whole pay play And he was going to Louisville when they had the, you know, the, the stripper scandal that they were bringing in everybody and what Rick Pitino was doing at that program. Uh, that was a big reason why he didn't get to play. So you, he still, obviously, he's a baller. He was a McDonald's All-American. He was recruited by the Dukes and the Kentuckys and the Kansases of the world, the Blue Bloods. Um, so he has some potential. I don't love him. I feel like he has that kind of Jason Tatum kind of game where he, especially this year, will take a lot of pull-up mid-ranges, uh, but he's not great at them. I feel like he has to redefine his skill set to maximize his potential, but if he does redefine, like I said, it's put in that right coaching situation, uh, he could turn some heads.
1: Okay, okay. I like I like the sound of this. So the next guy you've got is, I don't know where HS is. <laughs> uh, Jalen Lecue, He's a guy. So
0: Jalen Lecue, HS is high school. Jalen Lequeux as another guy. It's, it's a, he's a flyer guy, but his potential is a lot ba- bigger than Brian Bowen. So Jalen Lecue is uh, from Brewster Academy, I believe, which is the same place down at the Mitchell went to school. And he is 19. And because of how old he is or whatever, he's, manipulated the draft process where he's going straight from high school to the NBA, which is scaring a lot of people because, well, he was a four-star recruit and one of the top recruits coming in uh, to this year's recruiting class. Uh, but because of this rule, he's now going right to the NBA. He tested out as one of the most athletic. I think he had the highest standing vertical and vertical jumps in the combine. I didn't get to see him play at the combine. I was I watched one of the games, but it, what, he wasn't part of it. But he, I did watch some, a little bit of tape on him. And he's very raw, which you would expect from a 19-year-old. But in transition, he shines a lot. He's, Like I said, very athletic. One of the most athletic guys in this draft, period. And being the youngest guy in this draft and right out of high school, there's that potential there. And especially, like you said, if you get that superstar guy or two in free agency and you can take a flyer on someone that you want to build up for the future too, to be another piece in that as a steal. He's the one guy you should look at. Um, his jumper's smooth. Uh, it's not a Clay Thompson jumper. He's not going to be automatic, but he has a, a good form. Uh, playmaking, I liked his playmaking. I watched one or two of these games in high school over the last week. Uh, I caught a couple of the highlight films and I was dissecting them. And especially in transition, that's where he's going to shine the most. He makes a right play 98% of the time in transition, which is. Basically, him jumping over everybody, and he still has the athleticism that's going to transfer over into the league. He makes good passes, uh, crisp passes. He's not going to like highlight between his legs. He'll make the right play at the right time, which is good, especially in a guy that age. And this is a guy that I think he just declared, I believe, like three weeks ago. So he's pretty new in the circuit. I didn't really know where to rank him because, like I said, he was a highly touted high school prospect. Um, and I see see him going in the late second round. So, there we go. If you guys pick in the late second round and you get that superstar and you want to take a chance on a guy, Jalen LeCue could be someone uh, that could really uh, blossom into a guy that could take a star role in Los Angeles.
1: What about the way you've made him sound? Seems like he's going to be a sort of Zach Levine type of player.
0: That That's a very good a comparison for Zach Levine, where he, he showed more defensive potential than Zach Levine because Zach Levine I don't think played defense day in his life. But <laughs> Lecce Lequeu, not jacked, but he's not like super skinny either. Where he can hold his own and he can move around athletically. And yeah, Zach Levine's a pretty a pretty good comparison where he attacks the rim a lot and he makes some good plays with the playmaking, but it's not a strength. Um So Zach Levine is a pretty good comparison, which in the end of the second round, Zach Levine, how he's playing right now, that's a pretty good player. Yeah, that's me.
1: a steal all the way, dude. So the next guy we've got is Darius Baisley. Is a forward. Yes.
0: So Darius Baisley is another one of those guys coming out of high school. He was the number eight recruit last year. Actually was committed to my favorite team, the Syracuse Orangemen. But he decided to, it was a weird situation where New Balance offered him a million dollars to wear New Balance shoes and work out with New Balance and basically just not go to school, take a year off, train, round the clock, and then enter the NBA draft. So he's kind of weird too, where a lot of these guys are flyer guys, which I I believe have a, a little potential to do something pretty good. And Darius ba- Baisley is a power forward, six eight. He can play the wing. He can shoot um, defensively, a little raw, and not going to get a lot of rebounds. But scoring's there. He was a six eight guy who was handling the ball in uh, Ohio. I think is where he went to school. He's okay. handling the ball. He could pull up on the on the break. He can shoot the three ball a little bit. I would have got able to give you a big scout, better scout report if he actually went to Syracuse like the bum should have. <laughs> but I digress.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a crazy situation, right? To just... it, was,
0: it was the first five-star re- recruit we've got in like eight years. And I remember I found out and I was watching his highlight that day. And then like two hours after I watched his highlight tape and what he was going to bring, and I was really excited for him, I got a notification on my phone. Arius Baisley decides to not go to Syracuse. Ah, I was very upset.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was not happy. I mean, he's hurt, but, his draft stopped doing that. And that, yeah,
0: that's the thing. No one really knows how ready he is, and that's why you see him. I feel like if he went to school, he would have at least met a late first-round pick, because, you know, obviously the talent was there. He was the number eight recruit in all of the country last year. Um, so he has that talent, but at the same time, no one really knows how ready he is, who has he been facing against. We haven't really heard from him since he decided to... Like He was a big story for, like, two months, and then, after once the season started, it he sort of went away. and um, So no one really knows what he's been doing, how he's been doing it, and where he is. But if he's been doing it right and he's got you know bigger and faster and stronger like everyone hopes he has, he could be a solid little player to be a wing or stretch four that can create sort of like a Gallinari, kind of. Uh, I won't say as good as Gallinari, but he could be one of those taller guys who can create off the dribble. And uh, he can play the four, he can play the three in some sets. And offensively, he has some good potential.
1: Okay, yeah, that sounds good to me. I mean, it's a crazy situation why you turn down going to college. I mean, a million dollars is a million dollars. You've got to accept that. But it's not like he's going to earn more than that. If yeah. he gets drafted higher
0: yeah you know? it was a, it was a national story for a while because you know obviously everyone's been trying to find ways out of the draft system to get paid you know players like brendan jennings who's number one overall recruit in his class ended up going to italy so he could get paid to play basketball emmanuel mudier was a player like that as well who was a top 10 high school recruit went to china for a year ended up being a first round pick um, but this one hurt him a little bit because no one really knows what he's about now. You know, they don't have that film that Moudier and Jennings had where you could look at what he did against professionals. It's just been him in a gym for the last, you know, six months. And now no one knows what the hell he's actually capable of doing.
1: Yeah, that's crazy to me. I'm assuming that New Balance gave him some phenomenal trainers. I mean, you've got if you're taking oh, yeah. that sort of leap on the guy, you've got to put him in the most, you know, conducive opportunity to succeed.
0: I was just mad he didn't go to Syracuse because we could have used a guy <laughs> like him. Jesus.
1: So, <laughs> so the next guy we've got is Isaiah, Isaiah Roby. He's from Nebraska.
0: Yeah, so Isaiah Roby reminds me of uh, Hakeem Warwick, if you remember Hakeem Warwick from a few years ago. Um, he is a six eight guy, six nine guy from Nebraska, and they actually had a pretty good combine. Jay Bills was talking about him. Uh, for a while, and he's one of those guys where he's very athletic and has stats but defensive potential comes from, and he was one of the lead guys from Nebraska. I believe he averaged around like 14, 16 points a game uh, this last year. Obviously his age is a little bit older. I think he's, he's a 5-year, fifth year senior, but he's a guy that can play some pretty good defense for you, and he's one of the big better risers in this draft class. Uh, Before, obviously, probably off the radar for a lot of people. Now, after this combine, he slipped into that second-round conversation. I don't think he has potential to go first-round at all, so he should be in the second round. But he could be a pretty good pickup. Uh, One of those veterans who's willing to work and willing to put their best foot forward to make it in the NBA. Uh, Athletic guy at the four who can stretch it out a little bit and play some and have some offensive potential, not much like kind of like Terrence Mann, but of a uh, a forward. So he has some potential to make some impact uh, right away.
1: Do you feel like he's going to be able to get regular minutes on the Clippers?
0: Probably not regular minutes because like, I feel like he'll be kind of like a G league guy and one of those flux guys that you see on the rosters everywhere. Um, I think just because offensively he's, he's kind of limited, like he did have that 16 points per game and he can shoot a little bit, but I feel like what he will bring to the table is very similar to what, uh, Montrez Harrell will bring, which is more of that hustle, you know, defensive grit kind of, and how many of those guys, you love those guys, but you don't want to put four or five guys who do the same exact thing on your roster. And I feel like he could be a cheap guy that could develop, uh, you know, as like we're saying, you know, the second round, not going to be breaking the bank for any of those guys, but a cheap guy you can develop and who could have some of that upside to be a pretty decent player. Um, like I said, a more Wardik comes to mind, uh, who was never a superstar, or an all-star, but a solid bench piece for a couple uh, teams. And uh, that's kind of the vibe I get from him, an athletic, a bouncy, a smaller guy and who isn't as strong, but he's bouncy and he can move around pretty well um, who plays the forward position.
1: Okay, it sounds like he could be a good pickup, I'm assuming he's going to be a, another flyer, definitely not somebody we're going to be hoping falls to us.
0: Yeah, much, much like Terrence Mann, like in the second round, especially this year, there's not that... There's not many players in the second round that could you know surprise everyone and be a Draymond or be an Isaiah Thomas. Uh, there's some pretty good, role, like I said, this classes with role players, and if you want to take a flyer, you'll take a flyer to be a star, one of those star guys most likely on a Lequeu or a Baisley and just hope that what they're doing has been beneficial. But this guy could be a solid guy. His ceiling is basically what he is is what you're going to get, but that's not necessarily a bad
1: thing. Okay. Next guy, we're coming towards the end of the list. At the end of the list, I'm going to play a little game called Ceiling and Floor, and that's pretty okay. self explanatory. Uh, Quentin Grimes from Kansas.
0: So, Quentin
1: Grimes. So, Quentin Grimes is one
0: of those players. He was the number 10 recruit in this class, I believe. And he pl- started for Kansas um, all year, or started for Kansas and then was relegated to the bench. He had a really tough year in, in college. Um, his like second first or second game, he had 23 points against Michigan State in the uh, televised games earlier on the year, Madison Square Garden. And after that, he just had a really tough time. He, his shot wasn't falling. He wasn't able to get separation. Uh, another uh, point guard on his team sort of beat him out for the starting minutes. Uh, but he has potential to be pretty good. And especially if he does keep his name in the draft, which I have a lot of people are expecting him to because he was one of those guys who's going to be a one-and-done no matter what. Because he was that highly touted in out of high school. He's, his draft stock has taken a big hit. You know, At the beginning of the season, he was probably the second best point guard after Garland to begin the, uh, the year. And now John Morant came out, and Shamari Pons as well, from St. John's, who has second-round potential to him, um, which is, he'll probably go earlier second round before the Clippers are able to pick, Ponds will, but if he's there, that would be another good, kind of reminds me of William. But, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a guy that if he's there and he slips that far, he's another guy you could put a flyer out And Of the flyer guys, I think he's the best guy to pick up, because, uh, you know, he did play a year of college basketball, you know what you're getting into, and I feel, and a lot of people, he did a really good at the combine, and a lot of people are thinking, well, it was more of the situation he was in at Kansas rather than his playing ability, where the role he was playing in Kansas wasn't what he was used to playing. Um, and I feel like if the, the NBA game is, he's one of those players through the college game wasn't as suited to them as the pro game would be, so he could be a guy that really shines as a second-round pick.
1: You think he could start uh, towards the end of the season if he gets acclimatized being a second string point guard and running that second unit.
0: I do. I do. I like him a lot. I think he is a pretty good player. Uh, especially in that second round I think he he could like I said I think he has a, the potential to be. I feel like he just had, a, you know, a, he just had a bad time in college. It happens. And I feel like once he gets acclimated in the in the league and he has those years you know, Donovan Mitchell was probably better in the league his first year than he was any year in college. I'm not saying this kid's going to be Donovan Mitchell, but he has the potential to be... I think he has the highest upside of anyone I've, I've regularly seen in the second round.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I do like him a lot. Yeah, this you've sold me on him. He's the guy I'm rooting for during draft night. Now, you've got yep. one last chance to change my mind on Zach Norvell Jr. from Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga as a team. They produce yes. some good guys.
0: So all year this year, Gonzaga was was probably the best team in the country this year, uh, other than Duke, at least uh, in my opinion. All year, and I thought they were I thought they were going to win the national championship because of players like Zach Norvell Jr. Now Zach Norvell has an NBA type body. He plays really physical perimeter defense, and he can shoot the ball. He's a three and D guy. He is probably the highest floor out of any of these guys i do like him a lot he's going to get drafted and especially like i said with pat beverly's contract being up i assume that he is going to probably stay in los angeles because you guys love him there um but he could be a patrick beverly type guy i feel like he's probably the best player out of other than porter i think porter's the best player out of everybody here but he is probably the second best player and the most likely to be in the second round. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things where everyone wants potential in the NBA draft. So guys like, um, Zach Norvell, who in years past will probably be a high second round pick. Even late first round pick are now relegated to the lower rounds because everyone wants that, those young guys, the potential and those superstar abilities, but he's going to be a very solid role player. He's going to play in the NBA for eight plus years, wherever he goes. um, kind of think of sort of a good comparison. He has point kind of like a Fred Van Fleet with the defense.
1: Yeah, so I know some what Van Fleet's done this year.
0: Yeah, Fran, especially uh, lately, you know, Toronto in the finals, so congratulations to our friends up north making their first ever NBA finals. But I feel like he, he he's going to have the lowest floor, um, or highest floor, excuse me, so he is going to be the most likely of these guys to stick, most likely of these guys to make an NBA roster for years to come, and he's going to be probably the most solid pickup if he's there. And he might be the guy, other than Grimes, that you want to follow to you the most because he's going to be in the league for a good amount of time.
1: Okay, awesome. I'm still sold more on Grimes than anybody else. You've really sold him to me.
0: Yeah, Grimes has that potential to be a little bit bigger than where he is drafted at, but he, he he's pretty good. I like Nor, uh, Norvell. In terms of fit on the Clippers, I like Norvell a lot, a lot, a lot.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I'll check him out on some tape. So now what I want to do is we'll just run through each of these players again and just tell me their floor and their ceiling. If you want to do it in relation to a player, go ahead. If you want to do it in relation to time in the league, whatever uh, you feel more comfortable with.
0: Okay, I think I can give you at least a, a solid role they'll play. Okay, okay we can do awesome. That. So I'm we'll good.
1: start from the top. So Jante Porter.
0: Jante Porter's ceiling is a starting stretch five. His floor is more of you know a physical. Uh, I feel like he has a lower floor, and if the if the injuries come and really provide to be an issue, uh, he, he could be one of those players where he only stays in the league for a couple of years and the injuries really catch up to
1: him. Oh, wow. So it's going to be really good or really bad for him? I think
0: so. I feel like he, he has a talent, obviously, and I, he probably is going to go in the first round. So he's more of a pipe dream to fall. It depends on how how, fall, how much he falls and if he does at all. Um, so he ha- I saw him in the second round for a couple mock drafts. Um, but he has the potential to be pretty good, but he also has the potential to kind of fizzle out.
1: Okay. Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann's
0: ceiling will be a decent rotational bench piece. He will be probably like a seventh or eighth guy off the bench. Um, almost kind of like what tony allen was i'm not saying he's going to be as good defensively as tony allen but kind of play that role where he will be the first guy off the bench and play some you'll match him up defensively most of the game um and his floor is probably just going to be another g leader
1: okay brian bowen
0: brian bowen he's tricky because of we didn't really get to see what he has because he went to australia Um, I feel like his floor is going to be, or his, his floor is going to be a wash. I, he could either stick or he's not going to stick at all. And I'm leaning more towards his floor a little bit, but I feel like his ceiling could be, a a solid six man. If he really does fix his game up, he could be one of those. Give me the ball guys. You want off your bench. Okay.
1: Okay. Jalen LeQ.
0: Again, he's he's a little he's a little difficult because he's so young. But we're going to go his floor being a sort of a Terry Rozier, a solid backup point guard for a really good team, or a starting point guard or two guard on a pretty decent team. His floor, however, will probably because we don't really know how he's going to translate. Um, his floor is probably going to be. Um, Sort of like a, we'll say we'll say he'll be an a end of the roster guard.
1: Okay, but he's always going to be around a team's rotation.
0: I think he'll be around because of it, his athleticism and his uh, his offensive abilities. I feel like he'll always have a place. What how well they translate is what's going to dictate whether he's going to be a starter or a you know a solid bench guy or just one of those guys that is on the roster and hopes that he pops out and you get a sort of a a cheap breakaway star.
1: Yeah. Darius Baisley.
0: Darius Baisley, we're going to go a little bit lower with Daze, uh Baisley, both in the and stealing, as opposed to... I feel like he'll start in the G League no matter what. Uh, a, a lot of these guys, especially at second round, are going to start in the G League, but I feel like he's going to be... His floor is just a G Leaguer, uh, kind of like Bowen's, but I feel like his ceiling is more of a like an a top eight guy on your bench, one of your one of your bench forwards. Which I think the potential is a little bit more than Bowen, but his his stuff, just like Bowen's, you really don't know where you're gonna get. So we'll say his floors in the G League, his ceiling is like a, a top eight rotation piece.
1: Okay, that's a big <coughs> big spectrum. Uh Isaiah Roby.
0: Isaiah Roby's a little bit easier. I feel like his ceiling or his floor is going to be kind of like man's or like one of those uh, late bench guys or really, really good G-leaguer, like one of those fringe NBA dudes.
1: Yeah, like the yeah, garbage bench, time guys.
0: Yeah, the garbage time guys. And his his ceiling, I think he could be a top eight rotation piece as well. Uh, we'll, we'll say top nine rotation piece. He'll be one of the last on your bench, but he'll get regular minutes, kind of, kind of like, kind of like Bane's did, which Baines should have been the MVP of the league. But you know, he'll, <laughs> he'll get his his fifteen minutes and he'll make an impact. He, he's kind of like Tice, where Tice plays twelve minutes and he does really well, but he plays any more than that, that kind of like is where he starts getting exposed. I can see him being kind of like a Daniel type.
1: Okay. And now the guy you sold to me, my boy Quinton Grimes.
0: Quentin Grimes, his ceiling is a starter. His ceiling is a starter on any top thirty point guard or two guard in the league. That's his ceiling. His floor, I really have a lot of high hopes for for him, so I feel like at the minimum he'll be a bench guy, and his floor could probably be like a top nine rotation guy. Um a lot of people are, are digging on him because of the year he had, but I, I'm really looking past this year and chalking it up more towards his situation rather than his skill, and I think he's going to be pretty good. So I feel like he has probably the best chance to be pretty, pretty good, even if his ceiling or his floor is the fruition.
1: And finally, it sounds like this one your man, Zach Norvell.
0: Zach Norvell,
1: his ceiling and his floor aren't going to be super separated. I feel like his
0: his ceiling is kind of Danny Green-ish. I feel like he can be that pretty good, or he'll be a very good shooter 3 and D guy for a championship caliber team. His floor, he's going to be uh, just a guard on your bench that you want. So a top 9 rotational piece. You know, I think He's not going to boom, but he's definitely not gonna bust.
1: So yeah, I mean from what you said there's sorry, excuse me. From what you've said there's a really, really good array of talent that they can focus on throughout the playoffs. Just f- sorry, throughout the draft. So just to summarize, I feel like there's two or three players that if they fell to us, there'd be a fantastic pickup at that point. And then there's another two or three players that'd be worth a training camp spot.
0: Yeah. I mean, I personally like with the second round picks, taking flyers on guys who have high upside. I mean, you see all the stories about all these great second rounders. Um, but I feel like more often than not, a second round guy doesn't really put the impact you know, you obviously have your Marcus Salls, your Draymond Green, your Isaiah Thomas's, but for every one or two of those guys you have thirty or forty Second rounders that never make it out of the yeah. G League. So I went with more potential guys, but like I said, the Terrence Manns, the Isaiah Robes, the um, Kelvin, or excuse me, the Zach Norvells, uh, those are some of those more solid second round picks.
1: So, yeah, I, I, yeah. What I'm keen to stress is obviously with the summer that the Clippers have got upcoming and the caliber of player they're going to be making offers to and pitching to. It's quite easy not to get hyped up, especially when it's only a second round draft pick that's so late in the draft. But yep. as you said earlier, Jerry West, Steve Ballmer, these guys have all got a front office that's really, really well structured. Their talent acquisition looks like it's really well placed. And I feel like whoever they pick, especially if it's this Grimes guy, because now you sold me on Grimes, that's my boy. Um You know, they're going to be able to find a diamond in the rough. He might not make an impact straight away, but there's a chance that he could become a good role player later in the season or maybe even next year.
0: Yeah, I like Grimes. I might be a little higher on Grimes than most people are, but like I said, I feel like last year, if you look at the stats, you're like, well, this guy sucks. I feel like there's more truth in the actual pudding than what's being served to you. So yeah, with
1: well, there's players across the league, you look at stats and you'd think they suck. Yeah. And then you watch yeah. their play and you're like, the guy's fantastic. You guys are just fucking idiots. Al Horford. Al Horford. <laughs> yeah. He's a prime <laughs> example, dude. Um, so that's going to wrap us up. Cody, I want to thank you for coming on man. And for dropping some college wisdom on these people.
0: Of course. Anytime you need me on, I am more than happy to join my good friend,
1: Mr. Adam Taylor. You're one and only man. You're one and only. So, guys, if you're new to listening to us, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star rating. If you've been listening for a while, then thank you. But please make sure you leave a rating and hit that subscribe button. And we'll catch you again later. Peace.